But the other thing I think that people struggle with when it comes to setting a course is they they don't typically know themselves well enough to know what sort of investments they should make. And so what we did we did is we developed an analysis. It's called the investor DNA that you can take. What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guests are, we got two guests today, Joey Murray and Russ Morgan from wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. And this is right down the alley of what I love to talk about here, escaping the Wall Street casino, investing in Main Street or whatever works for you, businesses, whatever makes the most sense for you so that you can live the life that you want to live. And that's what these guys have built their business around is teaching people how to do that and helping people escape the Wall Street casino, just like both of them did and build streams of passive income so that they can have the time freedom that they want to have. We go through quite a few things today. We go through uh, the the steps that they teach their students and they will teach you to get started on that path of building financial freedom and, and time freedom, building enough passive income to cover your needs and, uh, you know, live again, live the life you want to live and have the time freedom that you desire. We talk about why, how they did it, what they do in their business, and a lot of great lessons in here. If you're somebody, you know, you're, you're there, you're, you're earning your money, you're, you're bringing money in, you got more coming in than you're spending, you're putting money away in your savings, but you're not spending your time the way you want to spend it, this interview is for you. These guys are going to teach you what they teach others, how they help others build their own time freedom. And this is this is a taste, right? These guys have a ton of content on their website that you can dive into to learn more. If you're new to the show, take a quick second, go to your favorite podcast app, look up the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, hit that subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday straight to your mobile device, and we will help you escape Wall Street and invest in Main Street. If you do enjoy the show, please take a quick second, go to the Apple Podcast app, leave us a rating and review, five stars if you don't mind. That's much appreciated. That helps other people learn about that sh- uh, about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple ecosystem so that they show the show to more people and we get more folks listening, joining in and learning these lessons right alongside you. That also helps me feel good. It helps me see that you guys are engaging with the content. You're learning alongside all of us here and you're hopefully growing and and growing with us, growing your wealth. And I just want to give a shout out to Devin. Thank you, Devin. Our most recent review, five stars, outstanding podcast. Taylor has great guests and excellent questions. Thanks so much, Devin. That's much appreciated. And uh, from time to time, I'm going to shout out folks who leave reviews just to say thank you directly to them. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. All about escaping that Wall Street casino, building passive cash flow, and getting control over your time and your money. And that's what we're talking about today. So without any further ado, here we go with Joey Murray and Russ Morgan from wealthwithoutwallstreet.com. All right, Joey and Russ, thank you for joining us today, guys. Ben, happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thanks, Taylor, for being on the show. Looking forward to sharing some time with you. It's, you know, it's a great pleasure. I love the the brand that you guys have. It's fantastic. And I think your your mission is very much along the lines of what our listeners are really looking to learn on this show. 
for the folks out there who don't know about Wealth Without Wall Street and what you guys do, can you tell us a bit about your business, your background, and your mission? Give us that uh, intro as to why you're here, right? So, Taylor, I think, uh, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. Our brand is all about finding freedom. And a lot of times what that ends up being is through cash flow, but not in things that we don't understand and can't have some sort of impact on. So Wealth Without Wall Street is going against the grain of saying, hey, you know what? You should defer your life and your money and taxes as long as possible our life today so that we can impact others. Like To be honest, I think the vast majority of Americans live under financial stress and or duress the majority of their life. And doing it because they consistently Wall Street advice, which we call it like the Wall Street mindset, that it just literally controls people. And they look up sometimes 10, 15, 20, 30 years later, and they don't understand. They've checked all the boxes that someone else told them they needed to do. And yet they're no closer to freedom than when they started. And so that's really what we're about is educating people on how to go against that and um, getting freedom today so that they don't look back in regret. Yeah, I would say unlocking opportunities, uh, unlocking the potential that someone has already in them, right? The greatest investment we all can make is in ourselves, and understanding what it is that is out there and also letting our mind know that if freedom is what we want, and if you're listening to this podcast, it's a good chance that that's what you're interested in, right? You're, if you're interested in real estate investing or any type of investing, there's a purpose to that end. And for most people, it's to have a better life. Well, do you want a better life 25 years from now? Like, I mean, my son right now is waiting on me to finish this podcast. He and I, once I'm done, we're going to go play baseball together. And he, he, he's not going to want to throw the baseball with me when he's 25 years old, right? That's just not going to happen. He's eight. That's when this time happens. Like he's learning how to play a simple game with his dad. It's fun for us. And I think people defer life because they think, well, it, success is I work hard at my job. I do this for 35 years. I save up enough money. And then I, I run off into the sunset when I'm 70 years old. And they look up and they got $450,000 in their 401k. And they're like, that's not going to work. I'm just going to keep working. And so all the things they wish they would have done in life, they didn't really get to do. And we, we tell people that the path to financial freedom is not easy. It's actually really hard. But the formula to financial freedom is easy. Have more passive income than monthly expenses. And right now, if you're, you're riding down the road, don't write this down. <laughs> but if you're listening, <laughs> if you're sitting there, you can write these numbers. These two numbers on the left side of your page, write down what your total passive income is. That's money coming in from syndications, single family rentals. You got short-term rentals, you got land flipping, you got uh, royalties, whatever it is that's coming in on a monthly basis that you don't have to go to work for, write that down on the left side of the page. On the right side, write down what your average monthly expenses are. Divide the number on the left into the number on the right, and it tells you as a percentage, how close are you to that goal? And for most of us listening to this, we may, if you're like me a couple of years back, the number was zero divided into a big number, right? And that could be disappointing. But the, the thing is, is that knowing where you are is super important, right? Like anytime we, we travel anywhere now, we're all using uh, our dumb heads with smartphones, right? We're putting in the GPS destination of where we want to go. But we have to also tell the, the computer where we are, right? Choose my current location. 
And for most people financially, they don't know where they are financially. They don't know how close they are to financial freedom. They don't know when can I truly walk away from this job if I don't like it? When can I truly start taking more time off because I want to spend it with my family or with my kids or whatever it may be? That formula that we just gave you, passive income greater than monthly expenses, while the the work to accomplish it is hard, the formula is easy and you have a goal. And that our, our objective with Wealth Wealth Wall Street is to help unlock people from the mindset that they have to work. Like retirement is a lie that's been sold. It's a, you know, a fairly new age concept, you know, for, for thousands of years that, that term never existed. Right. And now all of a sudden everybody wants to retire. What that doesn't make sense. What we, that word is really in our minds replacing what I don't want to do, or it represents what I want. Well, let's just say what we want, but you have the ability to work and serve and add value to the world. Do that, but create passive income that allows you to spend more time doing things you enjoy. Yeah. So that I think, especially for the person who hasn't really started yet, you know, doesn't have any passive income coming in. It seems like uh, an impossible hill to climb, right? And maybe you have some funds and savings, right? You've been smart with your money, but the, you know, whether it's in stocks or sitting in retirement funds, it's not doing any anything for you right now. And, you know, making that shift to getting the, the passive income or residual income coming in seems just like too daunting to make it happen. Now, if you found yourself, Russ, uh, there a couple of years ago saying that number was a zero divided by a big number, you know, how did you take those first steps, you know, yourself? Now you're now you're the guy teaching everybody how to do it, but you had to do it for yourself. Right. So what were your first steps? Well, the first thing and we. We lay this out. We have a three-step process to financial freedom. And the first step is having clarity, Taylor. I think so often we don't take time to figure out what we want to be, do, and have. And we we tell people that, you know, even though that seems oversimplified to create a vision for yourself and for your life and your family, it is our brains are really powerful computers. And once we lock our brains on a, a goal and a focus of what we want to accomplish, it will start in the subconscious working for us. And what I mean by that is if if you're riding down the road right now in your car, you know when you first bought that car, you thought you had something unique. But as soon as you drove it off the lot, what did you start noticing? You started noticing all the other cars just like yours on the road. Because your brain, all of a sudden, that little thing called the reticular activating system in our in our mind started filtering that that used to filter out that message that was like unimportant to you. Now it's important to you because you're driving it. It's letting it through. And you're like, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Well, for me, getting clear on what I wanted as a dad, as a husband, uh, as a business professional, I had to focus in on what did I want to be, do, and have. And when I wrote those goals out for myself, it wasn't I want more money. is I wanted more time. And so I needed to start tracking my time. I need to figure out how much time was I spending in the business. And how could I create things that would create income streams that didn't require me to trade time for money? Now, that's hard. When you're trading time for money, how do you stop trading time for money? That's what most people ask. But when you put your brain to focus in on that, then opportunities started coming. And, and the one thing that our you know, company has been known for for you know, 10, 12 years is that we help put people in a position of cash. And opportunities find cash. But when you focus on what I want, then that cash then starts to find a home. And so for me, the first couple of steps was getting really clear with what I wanted so that I could start making those steps. And now Joey will have a, a different uh, thing for himself, but we started a, a, you know, actually documenting our passive income goal. 
Uh, and we we started then sharing that. So if you actually go to our podcast, every month we have a passive income report and you can see all the deals that we're in and, and the results of those deals. We talk about them, good, bad, and ugly, because we, we're on that same trajectory. Like we're trying to accomplish the same goal. And we're like, if we start putting this out there, then one, you know, not only are we, this is our focus, this is our goal in front of us, but now we've, we've created, you know, we have 300,000 downloads or whatever it is of people that are, are, are watching us. We got eyeballs on us. So that even created that much more accountability for us to accomplish it. Yeah. Or is like a clarity for me. And maybe this is on my six-year-old to her, you know, preschool. I mean, it's probably like when she was three or whatever, she's sitting in the back of my car in her little car seat. And she just got, she still got that baby talk, you know? So she's like, dad, you going to pick me up this afternoon? I'm like, uh, no, baby, I, I got to go to work today. And, you know, your mom's going to pick you up. She said, well, why are you not going to pick me up? I said, well, I have to go to work. I have to I have to pay for all the things. Well, what do you have to pay for? I said, well, the car, the house, like food, you like to eat, right? She says, we already have a house. We already have a car. And it was the simplest, just, you know, innocent conversation with a three-year-old. We had the same ones with your kids. But in my mind, that is an anchor that it says, this is when I, 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 I never want to have to say to my daughter, I have to go to work. Like that is, that is the, the anchor that says, I'm creating passive income. And so for, for me, that was a clarity moment. There's tons of other exercises that Russ and I walk people through. Our company walks people through to gain vision and clarity. But to me, you have to have something that anchors you, that drives you. Whenever things get difficult, you get into a deal that doesn't go so well. And by the way, listen to our podcast. You'll hear tons of those. But you, you, you stay focused on you know, getting and maximizing that formula we talked about because of the why that's right behind it. Nice. Well, I can certainly uh, certainly appreciate both of those answers. And it's interesting that, that you remember that particular anchor, but I can see how that would be you know, a very uh, powerful moment in your mind. Russ, you mentioned about uh, backing folks out to cash and then you know deals start to find cash. Is that kind of moving on to you know step two and, and getting control? I want to make sure we walk through you know th- these three steps here. Totally. When you know where you are, right? You have clarity, know where you want to go. Then we have to start looking at where are we financially? So we, we take th- people through a scorecard. If it's okay, I'll give away the tools, the free tools that you can download. You can go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash scorecard. And it will tell you exactly where you are. That, that uh, formula I was uh, sharing with you a second ago, we actually have a spreadsheet. You can fill it all out and ultimately it'll take all that information and spit it out to you. Well, when someone goes through that, one of the first things that they notice is most people, right, is the expenses. That, that's the easiest thing for people to harp on. And, and of course, 99% of all financial podcasts out there is dealing with the right side of that formula, not the left side of the formula. And, and so, of course, we want to make sure people have some you know, framework to, to work from. How, you know, how do I think through my spending? How do I um, look at debt? What you know, is there such thing as good debt, bad debt? We created a, a course called Paying Off Debt Like a Boss. And the whole goal behind that was to, to show three different ways to look at uh, debt and give people a practical framework to follow. Should I pay it off? And, and we, 
we kind of go through and talk about, is there such thing as good or bad debt? And one of the things is once you get through these things, you start seeing the money that's going out the door. And the most common thing I, I hear from the people who've gone through our uh, our courses and, our, and following our philosophy says, man, I never want to put another dollar in my 401k. Like I understand how that so so flies in the face of my my objective. My goal is to is to retire tomorrow, and my 401k plan is for it to keep in there till I'm 59 and a half. And by the way, I'm 35, and I don't want to wait 20 something years to get to that point. So for us, we're like helping people see that, and when they do. They say, okay, what do I do now? I have this surplus of money coming in. I'm making more than I'm spending, thankfully. What do I do with it? How do I put that in a position? Because really, most people miss out on opportunities because they don't have cash. And even the opportunity opportunities they do take advantage of, they're small in comparison to their overall net worth because most of their cash is locked up in places they can't touch. So we teach a process that I learned you know, back in 2009 called Becoming Your Own Banker. After I'd left the financial world, I was an investment advisor, certified financial planner. The market crashed in 08. I saw all the, 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 the things that I didn't want to see, realized that the people that were supposedly the experts in the world weren't really experts. They were just riding a rising market, very similar to what we're in today. And, and I was like, I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of control. I want to be a part of knowing and influencing the outcomes of my financial future. And so for us, we we teach people how to take that cash stored in the places, the same places the banks, the corporations, the, the most wealthy individuals in the world do, and then leverage that into step three, which is picking a course of action. Yeah, great. Awesome. So um, as far as picking a course, deciding which direction you know you want to go, that is, I think, tough for a lot of folks out there. And I certainly... I also want to um, acknowledge that you know your your content's pointed at folks who are you know bringing in bringing in more money than they're spending, which I think too much of the financial media out there is focused at folks who you know are just making ends meet, and that's all well and good. But those of us who are you know beyond that level and and have more coming in, have our stuff taken care of, and we want to get to that next step you know, that we need, we need more information, right? So as far as, you know, setting a course, picking a direction, how do you help folks decide which way to go? Because there's still a lot out there, even when you eliminate, you know, Wall Street, I'm not going to invest in index funds or whatever, I'm going to invest in real estate or, or other, you know, assets strategies. How do you help them decide what to go for? Well, I'd say there's twofold answer there. Number one, we found that this is one of the hardest things for people to do. And the reason is exactly because what Russ just said is that people have been accustomed to locking money away or doing things with cash flows that constantly separate them from their money. So for instance, like you mentioned, putting money in 401ks, putting them in, in SEP IRAs if you're a business owner, like your accountant says, oh man, you need to save on taxes today. So put money in this thing you can't touch for the next 30 years. And we just knowingly and willingly do it because, I mean, is your accountant giving you bad advice? Yeah. Well, the problem is, is it goes against what you really want. And you, you just, you don't even get the two dots. So we're constantly put in a position where we don't have access to cash. And the reason why we don't know what to do with it is because we've never had the ability to see deals. 
You only see deals when you have access to cash. I'll give you a quick kind of acknowledgement here. When I was in the mortgage business, I was in the mortgage business for 11 years. I was building up a significant 401k balance. And there were deals constantly around me, but I never saw one of them. When I left that and I started in this business with Russ, I immediately got I had access to all this cash because I was following the process Russ has laid out. I was actually Russ's client for four years before I made the, the leap here. And I had access to all this cash now. And guess what? Deals started finding me like crazy. I did private mortgages for people because they said that, hey, I, I want to buy this house. I don't fit the mold of a traditional mortgage. And would you, would you lend me the money? And I started seeing deals like that because I had access to cash. But the other thing I think that people struggle with when it comes to setting a course is they they don't typically know themselves well enough to know what sort of investments they should make. And so what we did we did is we developed an analysis. It's called the investor DNA that you can take. Uh, it's actually in our community. Whenever you go and download the scorecard that Russ mentioned, you can join our community for free. And then within the community, you can buy this investor DNA course. And in that, it literally will tell you, how should you be looking at investments? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? And what we find is when people really kind of do a deep dive personally, they start to, to uh, factor in the amount of time that they have to invest along with their personality. And then it becomes super clear that, man, maybe syndications are really good for me because of this, this, and this. Or maybe starting the short-term rental business as a side hustle is actually really good because I want to be more hands-on and I want to have more say-so in the development of a business. But you don't know those things if you don't have access to cash and you don't know yourself. So that's kind of the first steps that we would always say, take those and then start looking at the investments. What most people do, especially when they hear our name, they're like, Wealth Without Wall Street. Huh, what's that? Like, what is it that you invest in? Because they want the shiny object. They want the, they want the investment, but they don't necessarily understand who they are and what kind of other factors need to play into that. Yeah, I like, uh, I like that you point that out and call that out because that, you know, is a question I had in my mind. Okay, wealth without Wall Street. Okay, what? then and and I haven't uh, haven't asked that question now that I know you don't uh, care for that question I won't ask that question <laughs> it's not that I don't care about it I just think it's funny because it just it's telling about what we're trained to do you know in the wall street world people want to know well how's your portfolio what's it what's it made up of what's in the portfolio not what is it doing for you to get you to your goal and ultimately if it's a bad fit with who you are as an investor or the amount of time that you have to invest in it, it doesn't really matter what the rate of return is, right? Or what the actual investment is. It has to actually meet all those criteria. And so that, that's, I, <laughs> I didn't mean to come across like a jerk. Well, like, no, but I mean, I think it is like we've been, and, and this is unplugging, right? There's a great video. If you've ever, if you got seven minutes and, and want to watch a great YouTube video, it's called the backwards bicycle. And what it is, is like it was done by a group called Smarter Every Day, where they were teaching basically how we come in with preconceived notions or biases. And we believe because we have knowledge of a subject matter that then we understand the concept. And I won't take any more from it. Go watch it. It's an amazing video. I love it. I've seen it 50 times. And 
but the concept there is we've been trained. We've got these neural pathways in our brain that have been just driven over and over and over again to where we want to hit the financial easy button. Like, I just want somebody to do something for me. And I'm not saying that we need to be involved in every deal, right? Like I don't necessarily need to be hands on in all the businesses and more LLCs. And we've got kids combined and we've got nine kids. Okay. So <laughs> we, we're involved in lots of different businesses. I mean, that's just the entrepreneur spirit within us. But I would say, you know, we also know that it's important for us to be able to inspect what we expect from those investments. And I think most people want to hit the financial easy button. Like, it's like, you know, here's Wall Street. Okay, well, I'll do something off of Wall Street, but there's still Wall Street, right? Like, Jim Gaffigan has the, it's all McDonald's. I think a lot of stuff is all Wall Street, right? It's just financial easy button. And because we are busy, right? I mean, we live busy lives and busy lives means that we have little time. And so we're trying to allocate those hours and those minutes to the things and the people that we really want to spend it with. But for some people, and we interview people all the time that are in our community that that come on our podcast to just share their personal testimony. And they're like, look, I had to create a five to nine after my nine to five. And I did that hard for, you know, 18 months, 24 months, so that then I can free up 40 hours a week of my life forever to invest in the things that I wanted to do and the people that I wanted to do. And I think that that's the part that, you know, for people that, you know, one of the questions we get, well, who's wealth without Wall Street not for? I'd say the person who wants the financial easy button. Like, we're not here to babysit. We, we make fun of money babysitters. Like, our, our goal is to, like, put people in charge. That's why control is one of our steps in the process. And, and setting the course of action in those courses may be starting off in a side hustle that moves to passive. And that's the way that we've set up our businesses. I mean, we own very, lots of passive income streams. But they all started in some way hands-on or us being creative with our mind to figure out how they become hands-off. And and so what we've done is curated over the last three years tons of different ways that people can create uh, streams of income, some very similar to what everybody knows and some like completely off the wall. And if you listen to our passive income report, you'll be like, you guys have taken a lot of those people's advice. Like You guys are doing some pretty (laughs) interesting stuff. Like land flipping? Really? Like what's that? Uh, But you know, you guys own crypto miners. Wow, that's pretty interesting. I didn't know anybody did that. So we we got into you know a lot of different things, but we are looking for ways. Ultimately, it's all about cash flow. Cash flow leads to more passive income. Passive income greater than monthly expenses. Now we're free. Nice. I like that. Now, one thing I don't want to get too hung up on this, but I do want to call something back about specifically contributing to uh, 401k because that's um, something especially. I think they. There's a there's a good case for deferring a tax bill. I mean, kind of no matter what you're talking about, just kicking a tax bill down the road gives you more to compound on, and you know can if you do the math a certain way can can result give you a certain kind of result. And I just want to ask, like, what is it? Is there anything in particular, like or like a a silver bullet that you you guys are teaching that is what flips people's uh, mind, perception, their thought processes about contributing to the 401k, where they say. I'm not going to do that anymore. There's this other, you know, idea, strategy, whatever that I, I'm going to pursue that's going to help me meet this passive income yeah, goal. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, well, one, I mean, like I used to want to like combat that first thing. Like the first thing I would go and I would say, like, well, wait a second, do you really think we're going to be a lower tax rate in the future? Like, is really deferring taxes saving you money? And I would go and like beat you up with numbers to show like why you're wrong. And then like you're like, well. <laughs> 
great. That, that didn't feel good. You know, <laughs> I, I won the war, but lost the battle, right. Uh, or won the battle, lost the war, whatever it is. But here's what ultimately ended up uh, coming. And, and we actually interviewed a guy and he said it probably better than I can. I would I've been investing in my 401k. I got really interested in real estate. And the reason I got interested in real estate, because I had some friends who were borrowing against their 401k actually to flip diesel trucks. That's kind of a weird thing. That was the first thing I'd ever, first time I ever heard of that. He's like, but just the idea of them doing that made me think of something else. And so I wanted to get into real estate. So I started thinking about real estate. So then I went to my new company I was working at and I tried to take a loan against my 401k to go buy this rental property that I wanted to buy. And the custodian's like, yeah, we don't do loans. He's like, well, wait a second. I could do loans at my other company. They're like, yeah, we don't do that. I was like, but I want to do that. And he's like, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> and so he was like, well, well, I didn't have money. Like all my money, you know, like for him, like six figures in his 401k was a lot of money. He's like, I had plenty enough to do this rental property, but now I can't do it because I don't have access to cash. And so now because I don't have access to cash, I can't do the deal. So it, it pushed me back before I could then start building it up somewhere else. And what I look at it is a 401k says that I guarantee that I can't touch the money till I'm 59 and a half. Now, I know you, it didn't look like it, but I'm 44. That's 15 and a half years from today, right? I, I want financial freedom today, not 15 years from now. So it doesn't matter returns. It doesn't matter tax rates. It doesn't matter matches. Any of that does not affect me. Because if I put money there, it directly flies in the face of what I want. And I don't think most people ever even acknowledge what do they really want. And then are, is what they're doing lining up with that. And when, they, when we do that in the first step, we really spend time getting people clear on what they want and then matching up what they're doing versus what they want. And it, it's evident. I don't have to tell somebody their baby's ugly, right? Like, I don't want to do that. There's no, but when they see it, then they can be like, yeah, that's an ugly kid. But, you know, I love them anyway, right? We can't undo what's been, what's already been done. But what we can do is quit contributing to the problem. And so that's been the easiest one for people is that it doesn't matter all those other things. Unless I'm 58, right? And I want, and I want freedom tomorrow then that may be a different thing. Maybe the 401k is okay. But for everybody else, I'd say it's a complete, it's opposite. Wall Street created that for under their four rules. Give me your money. Give it to me on a consistent and regular basis. Let me keep it as for as long as possible. And then let me make it as hard as possible for you to get it back. That's the 401k strategy. Like that is management of money. That's how they build billion, billion dollar business is managing money. And they sell it to us like, oh, this is for your good. It's not. It's for them. And we've bought in hook, line, and sinker. And, and by the way, if you are looking to invest in things like real estate, you don't own the money. If someone else can make the rules that dictate to you when you can get your money, it's not your money. There's a, there's a golden rule in finance. I don't, you, you familiar with that? I don't think so, no. It's he who has the gold makes the rules. Ah, okay. And in this before. case, this became evident. It, it, it became really clear when we talked to this guest on our podcast that it was no longer his money. He had willingly given it to somebody else, and now they were dictating to him the rules. And so I would say, again, there's tons of statistical numbers and things we could throw at you about deferring taxes and why it's a bad idea. But the bigger thing is, is man, your freedom is way more worthy today than it will be in your 60s and 70s when potentially your health is declining 
and all the other things that we know can happen in the later stages of life, start living today. Nice. I appreciate that response. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, guys, I've got three questions I ask every guest on the show. Are you both ready? Let's Let's go. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? We'll leave it a toss-up. Whoever wants to go first, take the ball. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say, I didn't tell you this story, this part of the story, but when I left my mortgage job in 2014, I was making well over $300,000 a year and came home, told my wife, Hey, I'm really fired up about this whole process that Russ and I've been walking through. And I feel like I'm being called. Like I need to do this. I need to be teaching people the same thing. And I literally, my, first of all, my wife was supportive, which was shocking, but I literally went cold Turkey and started this business from scratch with Russ. And by far that has made all the difference starting a business, which to me was a huge investment. It was a risk to leave a known entity to start something brand new. And it took a lot of money to get it up and running uh, to to maintain the lifestyle of uh, a wife and four kids at the time. Now I've got five kids, five girls, but that investment has, I mean, literally tripled or quadrupled my income. But more importantly, the impact that it's allowed me to have on so many people is without, I mean, without question, the most valuable investment I've ever made. All right, I'll I'll go with one uh, not so sappy. No, I'm teasing. I love that one. <laughs> We've done this podcast and have done some videos on this before. And we we compared the 401k to the 401 lake house. Do you ever heard of the 401 lake house before? No. Yes, yeah, so we compared the, the benefits of those two different things. Like, you know, one you get statements, the other one you get access to, one, you know, you have keys to walk in the door anytime you want to. The other one you 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 have this thing that says you can't touch it till 59 and a half. One you one you can sell and get capital gains, the other one you can sell and get robbed from ordinary income, you know, like I, there, there's lots of funny things that we go through and talk about, but I, I took um, I took my own advice and I went and bought a lake house several years ago. And the reason I bought it was not from investment purpose per se for the financial part, but was my kids were getting older and I didn't want to miss them. I didn't want them to grow up without me. And it was a place that we had fond memories. And so I bought this property and enjoyed it and loved it for two years. I mean, just crushes like as, as many times as we could go. It's probably about an hour and a half from here. We would go down there. And obviously the market's been just roaring. So we turned around and sold it like 18 months later, made about, I don't know, 250% because I had very little money in the deal. So my, my returns were pretty high. And we're able to leverage that into another lot and ultimately building another house. But through that, we you know, one of the things that we do is we partner with some uh, tax strategists and and high end um, kind of planners that can help us. And so I was using that lake house and renting it out to my business several different times using the dwelling unit rental strategy that is a- afforded to us. And you know, went through all the legal things to make that happen, but basically had very little money in the deal from the beginning, but also reduced my holding costs through using those specific strategies. And, you know, came out smelling like a rose. So it, it's one of those things where not oftentimes have I gotten into real estate deals. I've been a lot of successful business deals, but real estate deals, that was probably my best one. And it's it's continued to work out. I bought a, a pontoon boat when I bought the property from the guy 
uh, paid 30 grand for it. And I just, we, I mean, I put like 200 hours on this boat. I just sold a boat netted 37,000. So like that never happened. So like, it's <laughs> like, it just keep like the winds just keep coming from this thing. So the 401 lake house has been my best investment. Nice. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Oh, man, I got a hundred of those. We actually call it a hundred unicorns.com. It's a drop shipping company that I bought a little over 18 months ago, maybe 15 months ago, something like that. And I did it with really good intentions, Taylor. I, I have five little girls and I thought, man, I'm just going to buy this super easy business. It's drop shipping. You don't even have to keep any inventory in stock. You just literally connect the dots between buyers and sellers, right? And I bought it for 6000 bucks. I start putting time into it, learning the business. And I realize very quickly that I am not good at this. This is a much more complex business model than I am willing. One, from a time perspective, I just don't have the time to invest in something like this. And so I start doing everything possible to try to get the business going with additional like Facebook ads and Google ad specialists and copywriters and all these people to try to build this business. And I realized really quickly, the margins are not big enough for me to run a business like this passively. And I don't have the time to do it actively. And so, man, my 100 unicorns, they are sick. I mean, they are literally <laughs> in the stables. Do unicorns go in stables? They're in the stables right now. Their wings are tucked under them. They are sad, sad things. And uh, I'm hoping, knock on wood, that uh, we will be able to fold them into an Amazon business we're looking to buy. But as of right now, it's by far the worst thing I've invested in. And man, I'm just, I'm just hopeful we can revive it at some point soon. Well, I could give you several real estate stories, but since I gave you a successful real estate story, and I said I had so much success in business, I'll tell you about one business venture that I got into that wasn't so successful. I, I decided to, to get involved with a handful of guys and invest in cattle. We started a cattle company where we were going to buy high-end cattle. We we're going to syndicate their the, the semen of this you know high-end brand and then implant them into uh you know high end you know mares and stuff like that and breed calves out of the deal and and I thought man this is going to be fun I'm going to go get to go to some cattle auctions and that's just interesting in and of itself I'm going to get some stakes out of the deal and you know working you know in that arena and just seeing how it works we're going to make money it's going to happen and we're probably 3 years into this deal and we're we're trying our best to divest and I'm definitely going to lose money, but more importantly, I lost a lot of time over the last three years of that capital sitting, for the most part, dead. Even though the cow, cows are alive, my money has been <laughs> dead in the deal. And um, it just goes back to say, like I, I had no way to influence that outcome. I knew nothing about it. I should have never gotten involved in it. Hmm. Well, it sounds like the cows uh, had fun at least at least for a little while. <laughs> well, yeah. If you saw how it happened, I don't know if you <laughs> agree with that, but <laughs> well, leave hmm. that for another show. <laughs> My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? 
I think uh, from the standpoint of business, I would go back to that investor DNA uh, thing we were talking about before. Knowing yourself is so critical. Um, knowing your capacity for certain things from a time standpoint, from stress levels, other things like that. But also it helps you to really know like, where should I be involved in actively? Where should I be involved in passively? And where can I kind of supplement the areas where I may be really weak in an area, but I've, there's a business partner that can be really strong in that same area. And so for me, like, I mean, Russ and I have grown a, a fantastic business together. And it's because we really play off of each other's strengths. Russ is pedal to the metal and I'm kind of the, the break in some cases. Of course, I like to get on the pedal too, but I'll pull back on some things and those things have really played out very, very well for us uh, over the time. And I think that that has, has been super, super valuable. Yeah. I, I will I will go to uh, several years ago, we invested in kind of a, a COO um, for the company. And the guy had been a consultant uh, with and had exited a couple of different businesses. And we sat down with him. And one of the first things he did with Joey and I was asking us, kind of going back to clarity, what is it that we really wanted? And he he said, Russ, give me the number. What is what does it take to make that happen? And you know, to live the life that you really want to live. And I told him, he said, How much money did you make last year? And it was higher than that number. And he's like, So it seems simple what our goal is. And I was like, Oh, yeah, tell me. <laughs> he's like, We've got to figure out how you can work less hours each and every week, each and every month, each and every year. And keep that amount of money so that you get all those other things that you talked about. And so that that was the best investment that I feel like we've made is that we started having someone help us get clarity. Because as entrepreneurs and, and as professional, successful people, sometimes we are all gas pedal. And we want to keep like conquering the world because that's just the way our brain works, super competitive. But yet, unfortunately, we do it and we run over the goals that we wanted. And, and so for me, that's been real helpful to to judge how much time am I getting back in my weeks? Am I fun? But you know, once you get to a certain level, there's a diminishing return. And, and so that's been helpful to me. Wow. Well, thank you for joining us today, guys. And thank you for putting out into the world the information that you put out there. Fantastic. And I think uh, very much along the lines of what I'm trying to do here on the show as well. If folks want to reach out, if they want to you know, find your website, get in touch with you guys, whatever, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm going to say the, the link again. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash scorecard. And as Joey said, one of the things in there that's at the bottom is that we we built a platform. It's an actual app. You can download it in the app store, uh, Wealth Without Wall Street. It has almost 4,000 members in it right now. It's designed to help support the people who are wanting to be financially free. And it's been our kind of baby. It's this, the thing that maybe we should have said was our best investment <laughs> because it, it really has been a great investment in the people, uh, the, our community, the, the Wealth Without Wall Street tribe. And, and so that's the place you go. It very similar to other kind of social media functions. It has a DM feature. So I'd love, you know, if you go there uh, to, to go in there and, to, uh, and DM Joey and I tell, tell us uh, that you listen to us on this podcast and, our goal is to continue to point people in the right direction. And so all of our content gets poured into there. That's where everything is centered. So that's the best place you can go, whether you can hear the podcast, be interacting in our groups, courses, any of that stuff, it's all there. Great. 
Well, thanks once again for joining us today, guys. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a second, leave us a rating review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated. It helps other people learn about the show and it helps us rank higher in the Apple algorithm. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great rest of your day and we will talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.